Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Friday, the 18th of November. First up, Elon Musk locks down Twitter HQ after thousands quit and takes time to roast Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Holy moly, news is breaking fast and furiously. I'll be uploading this video even before, like earlier than normal. I've got three or four videos as, as stories develop at Twitter. I've also got an epic Ethan Klein meltdown for you today. All I ask is that if you haven't yet, if you're just a lurker, Make today the day you subscribe. There's a button down below. Whether you're watching on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble, doesn't bother me at all. All I ask is that you subscribe. I know you might have to create an account, and that's a pain, but I would greatly appreciate it. So yesterday's 5 p.m. deadline came and went, and millions of Twitter employees quit. Everybody quit. The building was a smoldering pile of rubble. Twitter went down, everything, it was all over, ha, 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 Elon Musk lost $44 billion. Oh, wait, none of that happened? Oh, well, if you read Twitter, that's what basically everyone who hates Elon Musk and uh, credit, uh, credentialed journalists were all saying. They were saying, oh, my God, it's chaos, everybody's gone. There were still 3,500 or so employees at Twitter when the ultimatum got pushed out. And I said from the beginning that this was on purpose. You do a big fat layoff first, that's your hard cut, and then you follow through on soft cuts. What, what he's actually doing is calling whaling. I'll explain that in a video later, actually. Uh, this is all on purpose. Like he gave an unreasonable timeline for the Twitter blue thing because he wanted to figure out who could actually cut the mustard. We'll get into that, but Twitter locks staff out of offices until next week. A message seen by the BBC. Uh, workers were told that offices would reopen Monday, November 21st. It did not give a reason for the move. The announcement comes amid reports that a, quote, large number of staff were quitting after new Elon Musk called on them to sign up for, quote, long hours at high intensity or leave. The message went on to say, Please continue to comply with company policy by refraining from discussing confidential company information on social media with press or elsewhere. The reports have been met with consternation from unions with prospect that the Union for Tech Workers asking Twitter UK to meet regarding the treatment of its employees. Quote, we will not be we will not let these makings of a digital P&O pass unchecked, said Mike Clancy, General of Secretary of Prospect. We are urgently seeking a meeting with Twitter UK to discuss how it will manage its collective redundancy consultation, ensure fair and transparent process, and meet its duty of care of legal obligations. Employee rights are admittedly much better in, in, in Europe for the detriment or for the, you know, in some cases it's better, some cases worse. But uh, the, the reports were here you say, uh, nobody left in chain of command. There are signs that large numbers of workers have resigned because they have not accepted Mr. Musk's new terms. One former Twitter employee who wished to remain anonymous told the BBC, I think the dust clears today. There's probably going to be less than 2,000 people left. Great. I 100% I believe that Elon has a number closer to 1,000 for total employees in his head. I mean, if you think about it, between... The 4,000 contract workers they had, the 7,600, was it 7,600? I think it was 75 or 7,600 salaried employees they have. They cut 3,000 contract workers. They then cut 3,500 salary workers. 
and nothing has changed on the website. If another 1,500 walked yesterday, so what? That's what Elon wanted. Like, if you, if you don't see that, I don't know what to tell you. You might, be, you might just not have been in the corporate America world, which is a lot of people. Um, you might be too young, or you might just not have seen this kind of thing before, but this is what Elon wanted. Like, does anybody understand that? Like, he wanted thousands more people to quit. He wanted them to self-identify. They fell right into his trap. They, and then like all these people on Twitter are like, oh my God, like some of these reactions are great. We'll go, we'll go through them. Here's Ben Collins, a reporter for NBC. For what it's worth, I don't think there will be a big apocalyptic day after tomorrow style moment when, where Twitter ends. The glitches have already piled up. People who left are predicting outages, but most importantly, it's unclear how the company is going to make money now. Bro, they just cut hundreds of millions of dollars in payroll. They're probably already close to profitable just for doing that. And also, uh, again, reporter for NBC. Um, is there somewhere where they said Twitter was going to stop selling ads? No. Okay, so Twitter's going to make money the same way they always have selling ads. It's like it's like people. These this is the problem with the check mark, right? Like. That's a verified journal who's just lying. Here's Zoe Schiffer, who's been, who has somebody on the inside of Twitter and has been uh, providing updates. New, Twitter just alerted employees that effective immediately all office buildings are temporarily closed and badge access is suspended. No details as to why. Really? Again, you're a reporter. You couldn't possibly figure out why maybe you would need to close the doors. You just had 1,500 people get fired, okay, allegedly, right? Uh, do you want them coming back into the building over the weekend? No. Do you want them to have access to systems? No. There are a lot of people that quit that are going to be filled with regret. In particular, a lot of these morons that were posting these videos, like uh, here's, here's a video, uh, and it's like, here, Watch soy evaporate from cringe Twitter employees as they celebrate being fired. 30 seconds left. 35 seconds. You have like an atomic clock. Oh, he's just, he's got his thing. Everybody here. We're all about to get fired. Five people. Fired from Twitter. Is this supposed uh, to be a big deal? I've been here nine years and nine months now. Same with you. How long are you here? Four years. Four years? Two months. Nine years and a month. Oh, were you not blue? No. No, no, he was after. Wait. Oh, 10 seconds. 10, uh, 10, 9, like 8, 7, 6. They're not even joining five, him. 5, 4, oh, oh. 3, 2, 1. Zero. Happy New Year! <laughs> Yay! Hooray! That's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Okay. Wow, you got fired. You got fired in literally the worst economy. And oh, by the way, you know what this video just did? Every job that these clowns go and apply for, they're going to get to say, yeah, I was told I had to work hard, and so I quit. I don't know if that's going to play out for you. And, like, when you upload these videos and things like that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll get a lot of likes and retweets. I hope they pay the mortgage. Now, there's undoubtedly, okay, I don't want to be like, look, there's undoubtedly a significant portion of these Twitter employees that are choosing to quit that are fine financially. I'm sure of it because they were getting paid enormous salaries to not literally not work for how many years. So 
I assume they're a hundred percent fine um, financially, but there will be. This is remember, Facebook just laid off eleven thousand people. They're going to lay off another bunch in early next year, I would suspect. Stripe laid off twenty percent of their people. Patreon made a cut. All these Silicon Valley companies are not hiring right now. They are firing. And we still have two more years of building back better. I don't suspect Silicon Valley will be hiring many people. Now, Twitter might actually turn out to be hiring after this because they, they, they need to find people that are actually willing to work hard. I said, Elon Musk, how do you make a small fortune in social media? Start out with a large one. Um, and you see like Cernovich again, right? Elon deeply. Oh, and there's more to that thread. That's what I needed to to say, sorry. Um, offices will reopen November 21st. In the meantime, please continue. Whatever. So far, no Twitter employees have been deactivated. Even those who've publicly resigned, Musk and his team only collected the list of yeses employees who said they want to be part of Twitter 2.0. They're still trying to track out who isn't. Well, there may be people that, you know, maybe the click didn't come through or whatever. Um, there's, there's a funny meme like Alex Cohen. I was laid off from Twitter this afternoon. I was in charge of managing badge access to Twitter offices. Elon just called me and asked if I could come back to help them regain access to headquarters as they shut off all badges and accidentally locked themselves out. That's pretty funny. That's that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a little bit of wildness, real crazy wildness. Um, AOC, shout out to all the workers at Twitter. You built such a vital place. Millions of people appreciate it. And then, and then Elon says, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it's so good. Uh, I mean, he's people are like, oh, my God, Elon's freaking out. He's going to he's losing it all. No, he isn't. And he didn't underestimate anything. I told you before and I've said it again. I think the initial number I said was like 2000 employees. But the more and more I see and the more and more educated I get from developers, this place doesn't need thousands of employees. It just doesn't. He knows that. Now, we can't come in there and just fire 80 percent. What you do is you fire a bunch. Then you call the rest of the people that don't want to work hard. And then you take everyone who said, I'm willing to bust my chops to work hard. You give them a little bit more money. You give them a little bit more responsibility and you plug all the holes. It's really not that complicated. Word inside Twitter is a lot of employees are saying yes, are not saying yes to staying at Musk's extremely hardcore Twitter 2.0. He has been meeting today with engineers to convince them to stay. His deadline to decide to stay or leave expired six minutes ago. Twitter Slack currently has hundreds of employees giving the salute emoji, meaning they've decided not to stay for Musk's 2.0 cultural reset. The company had just under 3,000 employees remaining before the deadline to say yes. Hearing from multiple employees that the odds of Twitter breaking in the near future are very high. <sighs> okay. We are collecting departing Twitter employee messages from company Slack and public tweets here. So hundreds. I mean, like, okay. I'm hearing the number of Twitter resignations today is likely over 1,000, though unclear if they are all posting that decision. Some teams, such as the engineering team that manages Twitter core system libraries, are completely gone now. Hundreds upon hundreds of Twitter's employees have technically resigned, but still have access to Twitter's internal systems, with some speculating it's because employees tasked with managing the access have also resigned. Again, Elon sends things to space and lines them on a floating barge in the ocean. All right. He's going to fly in a bunch of Tesla engineers that aren't already there or SpaceX engineers and get it all figured out. Will there be bumps in the road? Sure. 
And uh, that's what we're going to report on today and probably through the weekend. I really appreciate you tuning in. And next up today, Elon Musk laughs as 1,200 more Twitter staff quit. Mainstream media and leftists cry as somehow Twitter doesn't fail. Wah, wah, wee wah. Some say more than 75% of remaining staff at Twitter has quit. Another source says that Elon Musk is literally running Twitter with 50 people right now, which begs the question, what in the absolute heck was 7,000 people plus 4,000 contractors actually doing? The media, of course, inflating this. Oh, it's the end of Twitter. Oh, we're witnessing the end of an era. As if this doesn't happen every time you have a massive corporate takeover. Of course, remember that Twitter was losing $120 million a month, losing $4 million a day. Okay. Elon didn't buy Twitter to lose money. Now, did he expect uh, quite the number of people to resign yesterday that did resign? I don't know, but I do know that he doesn't care and that people have no idea the force multiplier that having a small team of highly motivated, hardworking people can, can have. And then the forced D multiplier, such as the negative force multiplier, having lazy bums sitting right next to him and getting paid the same as them. If you've ever worked a job and you don't have to work in the tech industry to know what I'm talking about. Now, as we know, or as you may know, yesterday was the deadline for work hard or get fired. Now, I've seen some videos of like three or four Twitter people quitting. I've seen a couple tweets. My number in my head was around 500 or so that may have said it's time. I'm just going to take off for the holidays, which again, I will say very, very bad idea that I mean, again, some of these people might be independently wealthy. I have no idea if they made millions working at Twitter and they're just like, oh, I'm cool. I, I'm cool for the next six, eight months. But like, if you look at the actual economy in, in, in terms of like developers and things of that nature, first of all, you're fighting with overseas workers, which are, will, will go work hardcore for you. Okay. Uh, secondly, you're fighting with uh, an industry-wide pullback, much like the dot-com bubble burst back in the nineties, Facebook laying off tens of thousands of people, Patreon, Stripe, all these major tech companies going through layoffs. And I don't think that's getting better for the next two years. Minimum, Elon Musk orders all coders to show up at Twitter headquarters Friday afternoon after data suggests 1,000 to 1,200 employees have resigned. Now you had uh, the situation where um, first they had like 7,500. Then they fired half of them which left them with, let's say, 3,500 employees or something like that. Um, if 1,000 of those quit, they still have 2,000 employees. Like, what are they doing? 2,000 plus, 2,000 plus employees. Also, Elon has redundancies between SpaceX and Tesla that he can incorporate with Twitter. It's like people have no idea. It's like uh, they've never even run a lemonade stand. That's how little people understand about business. Elon Musk sent an email this morning at 9 a.m. asking anyone who actually writes software to meet him at, office, at Twitter offices at 2 p.m. today amid a wave of departures at the company following a Thursday deadline. According to a source at Twitter, preliminary data at the company indicates that between 1,000 and 1,200 Twitter employees opted to get terminated on Thursday's deadline. On a form that required em employees to affirm their intention to keep working at Twitter, 
employees that did not click yes were effectively deemed to have been resigned or have resigned. I, I think it'll be funny when, again, when these people go and in the, in the tech climate that exists now, and when they go and apply for a job and they have to tell them, yeah, you know, I told Elon Musk that I didn't want to work hard. Um, but can I get paid by a bunch of money, paid a bunch of money by you? It's unclear exactly how many remain at, Twi at Twitter. Well, I think even if we take the high set, even if we go to 1500, that means there's at least 22, 2300 employees. That's still a lot. Uh, before doing so, please, uh, sorry, and he sent the email summoning developers. Before doing so, please email me a bullet point summary of what your code commits have achieved in the last six months, along with up to 10 screenshots of the most salient, salient lines of code. About 20 minutes after the first email, Musk sent a follow-up to address remote workers. He directed them to email the request below and that he will perform a short technical interview over video. Only those who cannot physically get to Twitter HQ or have family emergencies are excused. Does this sound like the decisions of somebody who's panicked about having 1,200 employees leave? Or does it sound like somebody who's looking to fire more? This is what I'm saying. Like, yes, I know I'm an Elon fanboy. But does this sound, does this sound like he's looking to uh, panic and, uh, and, uh, and, and freak out? Or does it sound like he's like, wait a minute, there's still more to go. Then several minutes after a second email, Musk sent a third email asking employees to fly to San Francisco to be present if they can. Well, that, I mean, I will be at Twitter HQ until midnight and then back again tomorrow morning, Musk wrote. Dang, he wants to meet people. I mean, what's wrong with that? You know, like, I, I don't really understand. The idea that this is like panicking, I think he's, he's looking to cut more people is what I think he's doing. You see... Now, Elon is allowing workers to work remotely if managers assert they're making an excellent contribution. Twitter employees said that they were surprised by the large number of colleagues who accepted severance rather than sign a pledge to work harder. <laughs> I mean, right? I, I'm surprised too. I'm surprised too. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but he's asking them to work extra hours and not pay them for it. Uh, they're probably salaried. And as we've seen through various, uh, you know, uh, secret videos from PV, some of these clowns were working like six hours a week. So they've banked up. They owe plenty back to the company, it seems like. I mean, all these people are like freaking out. I I'm telling you, I'm telling you that this is on purpose. He wants to cut even more. He wants, I believe what Elon Musk wants to do is make Twitter pro do something like the like the impossible walk into Twitter and make it profitable in a month. I bet you that's what he's trying to do. Now, salary is obviously only one leverage point. If he, you can either reduce costs, which he's doing very quickly, but you must also increase uh, or sustain profits. So I, I, again, I implore Elon to roll out video. Um, because you would have trillions of impressions available almost immediately. Now, the server space is an additional cost, this and that. You know, I don't know what the in available inventory is. But I can tell you, everybody buying ads on YouTube videos would be happy to put their ads on Twitter videos. There's literally no difference. 
YouTube ads, unless they're like a direct ad read like I do, are super low value. But uh, if you have the YouTuber read the ad or whatever, okay. But there's still plenty of people running ads on YouTube and they'll run them on Twitter. It's Christmas. It's the holiday buy season. Like if he could roll this out in November, he could still get a taste of that uh, delicious end of the year ad spend. And he'd have more creators putting content on his platform. And you see even uh, Billy says, apparently many more employees at Twitter are deciding to take the money and run rather than work long hours with less perks to try and save a dying company, which is, I think, pretty expected. Again, what? Dying company? You're joking, right? Like... You have no idea. I talked to um, Grums. Uh, he 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 replied to my tweet about employees. He talked about the insane amount of bloat at of at Blizzard when he worked there at World of Warcraft. That they were serving. He was serving like here. Um, I want to show you because uh, shout out to Mark Kern. Uh, where is it? I want to actually show you because he replied to my thread. Actually, it's Grums, right? Um, he's always a great follow too. There he is. Uh, he was on the original WoW uh, production team. He replied to, I said, Twitter needs less than 500 employees to run. All these chicken littles and journalists on Twitter pretending that Elon doesn't know that are either tragically stupid or lying, likely both. Um, to which Grums replied, the amount of bloat at most web companies is shocking. At Blizzard, we ran hugely intensive services, MMOs, pound servers, and databases more than web and in real time, serving millions with a staff of two dozen talented, hardworking people, 24 people. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like you have all the left-wing media, all Twitter officers close as hundreds of employees resign. Here's, here's, here's what's hilarious. Okay. This is, and I 100% believe this. Musk is now running Twitter with less than 50 key employees down from 7,500 at its peak. Quote, everything is normal. We may be profitable soon, he says. Quote, I have no idea actually how 7,500 people found something to do in this company. We asked them a bunch of times and they couldn't even name any specific daily tasks. This thread is a joke. <laughs> But like, you know, I think that the idea that Elon is, 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 is uh, you know, working with 50 less, I'd be willing to bet it's, he's got like maybe a hundred people he trusts in the room and that's who he's going to be interviewing. You know, that, that's who he's going to be running these developers. I'm telling you, he's looking to cut more people today, not uh, save people and bring them back. I just don't believe that. And next up, Ethan Klein just got demolished by Elon Musk. H3 podcast host manages to get Gila Klein banned too. It's been a wild Friday. It's going to be a, probably a wild weekend, although I suspect some things will calm down. Uh, I'm looking forward to shoveling my driveway uh, and going Thanksgiving Day shopping. Um, just so everyone knows, I will be working uh, the Thanksgiving Day holiday. Not everyone, I know not everyone uh, gets off work for Thanksgiving. Um, and so out of respect for that, I work and same on Friday. So my holiday schedule remains exactly the same. I take very few days off because I know, 
Um, a lot of YouTubers, they take off like, oh, views are low that day. I know that people read people work retail have to be working that day. People that are truckers working that day. People that, you know, um, you know, law enforcement, military, they're working that day. So I work that day. Um, <clears throat> but Ethan Klein, uh, absolutely, uh, had another hilarious self-inflicted wound this time managing to get his wife permanently suspended off Twitter because he totally doesn't miss being on Twitter. What an amazing thing. So Ethan Klein, Ela Klein's account. This is Ethan, you effing loser at Elon Musk at Twitter support. I'm banavating. Lol, stop me, you BA uh, loser at Elon Musk. Account suspended. <laughs> what? I mean, first of all, Ela, you know, I'm not going to try to talk about another man's wife in a disparaging way. I'm just saying, with respect, I don't know if Ela would have supported this because. I mean, she has her business that sells those clothes or whatever um, that now she can't promote using an account that probably had millions of followers. I don't know how many followers she had, but um, he, he like literally got her account nuked because he clearly missed being on Twitter. This on top of, by the way, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but back in you know the first week in November... Ethan Klein doxed the wrong person on his podcast. Probably should have got another community guideline strike for that, but I don't want to be too picky. He did kind of allude to basically, eh, he gave enough clues to his fans so that they could go locate and then begin to harass. By the way, even though the guy clearly hates me, I will, I do want to give a shout out to Dan um, on the show because he always seems to have at least a level head and seems to understand the rules of, um, of Twitter, he seems to be at least an ethical guy. Um, and it's okay that he doesn't like my opinions or he doesn't like me. That that makes total sense anyway. But uh, I just want to you know give respect where respect is uh, owed. I'm sure uh, Ethan will play that sound clip and then um, use it as an own, which is not intended. Uh, this, you know, of course, on top, remember, this is a guy that just, I mean, his spiraling is, is, really going to be the thing of legend like that one uh youtuber uh what's his name is going to be like the rise and fall of ethan klein he's going to do what he, he does great videos i can't think of his name um but uh anyway um if i do think of it i'll put it in the description or the opinion. i'm sure you'll know in the comments he's very popular um you know it's it's weird like self-sabotaging behavior i'm not exactly sure you know and the thing is with like with Ethan, you know, I've talked about it at length that like, it's understandable that he doesn't like people. He doesn't like people who have different po political opinions. I don't care for Ethan's political opinions. I think the things that he does are, are, are not great, but like, it's never been like a personal thing. I don't, you know, make fun of his looks. I don't make fun of, you know, any of that kind of stuff that he regularly does to other people. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't take things personally. It's just content. Ethan Klein is content to me. I don't think about him any other time of the day. But when you look at how he responds to people, it's pretty clear that they're living rent-free in his head. Um, and the idea, like, I'd, maybe Ela, maybe his wife told him, uh, yeah, go ahead. You know what? Bad me out. I don't know how much she was on Twitter. I, I don't think she's much of a hot take artist on Twitter. Maybe I'm wrong. 
I've always kind of just not really been interested in, you know, her content because I don't have any issues with her. Like she can say what she wants and do what she wants. And, you know, so whatever, I don't, you know, even now, like, I don't, I don't want to send any hate her way. Um, anybody's way, really. I'm just trying to cover the story, but I do think it's funny that it's just weeks after, I'm sorry, days. This is November 7th. Ethan Klein banned on Twitter after mocking Elon Musk over verification, verification fiasco. You know, following Musk's post about parody accounts being fined, H3H3 stars started impersonating the South African business magnate. YouTube star made a number of posts about <clears throat> terrible people and the sacrifices Musk has made to ensure free speech. And then he wrote, let it be known that this is a parody account in the info before he tweeted. Um, yeah, but it really, it really wasn't clear that it was a parody account. In order to find out that it was a parody account, you had to click on the profile or read further down the thread. Most people don't do that. Um, and I think that the whole thing about him like doing this on purpose or doing it for the meme of it, I don't buy that. Because if he if he did it on purpose, he wouldn't have tried to prevent his ban. So 2.3 million followers will no longer be able to interact with him because he had a deranged meltdown about Elon Musk. Um, I don't know how many followers Ela Klein had. I don't even know if it's being covered in the news because, you know, it's just, you know, again, no disrespect, but she's not like, you know, the, she's not Ethan, you know, she's, she is a part of the show, but she's not exactly, yeah, nobody's even, yeah, nobody's even writing an article about it. Uh, maybe Deserto eventually will, but it's really a sad state of events, you know, and I think what Ethan Klein would really want for you is for you to discover just how delicious my coffee, tea, and cocoa, just kidding, just kidding. Um, you know, I hope he finds some joy this Christmas season or um, Hanukkah season, whatever his holiday season for him. Um, I don't know why he's so filled with just vitriol all the time. It can't be good. Maybe it's just an act. Maybe he's actually like a really friendly uh, individual uh, off the clock. Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't think Ela Klein's very is probably super happy with him getting her account banned. Uh, I think it's a it's a colossal self own. Uh, to it's basically admitting that you miss Twitter, that like you regret screwing around, and now and now you're trying to go on someone else's account and try to own him again. And it was just like Elon doesn't even respond to it, and you just get banned. So was it worth it? Was it worth it? I saw in his video when he was covering, responding to my video, he was really upset that so many people watched my videos on him. He couldn't understand why hundreds of thousands of people were watching the video of me mocking him getting banned. It's because he did have that many fans at some time. The thing is, like at one time, this guy was the YouTube golden boy. He was the pinnacle of you know the YouTuber every man story or every person story, right? And it really has nothing, his falling out from that has nothing to do with his politics. It really doesn't. He thinks it does, but it doesn't. It has everything to do with him being, you know, going from being anti-censorship um, and, and anti-platform banning to literally not just accepting it, but demanding it for people. Um, for him to go from, you know, saying everybody's got to be able to take a joke to, you know, getting offended at jokes at his expense. 
Um, you know, this is a guy that has spouted the N-word numerous times, and then he gets offended when someone says it. I mean, the hypocrisy really knows no bounds. I don't know if he really understands that. I still think there is a redemption arc for this man. I really do. But he's currently making it very difficult to hear from him now. Like, the only way you're going to uh, be able to see him now is on his... Uh, if you're willing to sit through a three-hour podcast of him slowly melting down his chair and not giving a like literally not giving a crap that's not really entertainment for me but i'm hey he gets really good numbers so i'm you know some people like it so he's obviously very successful and next up elon musk just started unbanning everyone on twitter andrew tate jordan peterson babylon b we got some breaking news uh elon put out a thread or a tweet whatever thingamajig talking about uh some high profile unbans today uh, not only was uh, Jordan Peterson reinstated as well as Z-list comedian Kathy Griffin, but it also appears that the Babylon Bee was restored among some other people, <clears throat> at least anecdotally, coming to and telling me that they were restored today. Talked about uh, doing Freedom Fridays now, apparently. Fridays perhaps meaning that's the day when unbans uh, might happen. But it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. He specifically spoke on a few other people that were banned that he chose not to reinstate, at least at this time. And there is some cause for a little bit of trepidation in some of his, his statements. Breaking Babylon B, Jordan Peterson, Kathy Griffin, all back on Twitter. Elon Musk made a long-awaited announcement on Friday saying that the Babylon B's account had been reinstated on Twitter. Along with Canadian psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson, Musk also brought back controversial Z-list celebrity Kathy Griffin. As to the fate of Donald Trump's Twitter account, that's still up in the air. Trump's decision has not been made yet, Musk said. And I think I can explain <clears throat> exactly why that is, and I will explain exactly why that is. Um, it's I'll just do it right now. I, I think a, there's a reason that there are a lot of high-profile people who you know, we're banned, maybe like Alex and, and Donald and um, maybe Milo, things like that. I think that he's got essentially the entire weight of the Democratic and mainstream media establishment do pushing down on him right now, trying to make him fail, including his own employees. And he can literally only take so much heat. He can only take so much heat. Uh, I don't think you know, the fact that he specifically said that, you know, the Donald Trump thing is they haven't made a decision on it yet. I don't think that means they will never reinstate him. I just mean they're not, that means they're not going to reinstate him today. They'll probably save that uh, for another day to dominate the news cycle uh, when Twitter so chooses. <clears throat> Remember when, when Donald Trump comes back or if Alex comes back, all of the articles will be telling advertisers to pull out of Twitter. That's, that's what will happen. And that is why Elon did not reinstate them today. Uh, in my opinion. Also, Donald Trump has said many times that he has no intention of returning to Twitter. I still don't believe that. Um, I also think it'd be a bad business decision. Even if he didn't uh, want to use Twitter, he could use Twitter and his 100 million followers to advertise his truth social posts. I mean, I'm sure um, he could bring over a couple of million users if he was regularly tweeting screenshots from his truth account. Um if he was smart, uh, if he had people who were smart advising him, they might say, okay, here, everything you say on truth will make it onto Twitter, but 
uh, you they'll say like, if you want tweets in real time, do you want to inter- if you want to interact with Donald Trump, you've got to do it on Truth Social. That's what I would do. Um, if he's serious about Truth Social, uh, but Elon then puts this out. <clears throat> so some concerning language here. Um, new Twitter policy is freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. Negative slash hate tweets will be max deboosted and demonetized. So no ads or any other revenue. You won't find the tweet unless you specifically seek it out, which is no different than the rest of the internet. This is concerning for a couple of reasons, because how do we, who determines what is a hateful speech or a hateful tweet, right? This is just like the hate speech TM that uh, I always talk about. Just because I like Elon doesn't mean I'm going to just gloss over this. This is a big deal. He then goes on to write, Kathy Griffin, Jordan Peterson, and Babylon B have been reinstated. Trump decision has not been made yet. <clears throat> now, I want to point out a bit of semantics here. The only account, in my opinion, now, so a lot of people push back on me on Twitter about this, and I understand. But let me explain my reasoning. The only account that was actually reinstated today was Kathy Griffin, a zealous celebrity. Jordan Peterson and Babylon B were not suspended from the platform, technically. They were in a way that they would have had to admit they had done some sort of thing wrong and deleted a tweet, which on principle, they did not want to do. So, you know, and I understand, but their ban was still there. There was a morals one, a self-imposed one. I'm just pointing out in terms of, hey, will he bring back Milo? Will he bring back this guy, that guy, that girl, this girl? The only one he reinstated that was truly suspended from the platform was Kathy Griffin. Um, and I'm sure he just did it so that people um, wouldn't say, oh, it's his friends. He only restored. So Kathy was just a token throw-in for, from the left. They didn't. He didn't reinstate Ethan Klein, who I've got a hilarious video about later. He didn't reinstate you know, a lot of the leftists that got banned for impersonating. He only tossed Kathy Griffin a bone. Uh, I am sure that was tactical. Um, so... In terms of Elon truly bringing back people who were suspended, he hasn't done that yet. Um, so, you know, we need to see, like, we've got James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, all these, com- uh, Alex, all these things. These are the people I'm wondering about most. Yes, I'm happy for the Babylon Bee. I think that they legitimately, bravely stood by their morals and cost their business a lot of money to, to um, stand by their principles. And not a lot of people do that. Um, Jordan, same thing, although I'm not sure he costs himself money in the same way. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm going to be careful about saying, oh, Elon's bringing everybody back because he, again, he didn't bring back anybody who was really, truly suspended except Kathy Griffin. After Elon Musk brought, uh, bought Twitter, many users hoped that previously banned accounts would be reinstated. Musk promised that lifetime bans would be reversed. Among those accounts... Donald Trump, Megan Murphy, Savannah Hernandez, love Sav, shout out to Sav, terrible driver, wonderful person, uh, PV, James O'Keefe, Babylon B, many others were banned for saying things like learn to code. For those who loved policies that were silenced, there uh, who uh, those who loved the policies that silenced their ideological opponents freaked out. Musk also fired some of the people responsible for the same policies that led to the B's ban. Those who say Twitter had no responsibility to uphold free speech censored and suppressed the New York Post reporting on the president's son's laptop. And confirmed that Trump would not be reinstated, even though he, even if he were to run again in 2024, Babylon B had been declared by Twitter to be in violation of their hateful conduct policies for saying that um, Levine was a man. 
Levine is Biden's trans diversity hire appointed as the assistant secretary to the Department of Health and Human Services. So you go back and we see exactly what the Babylon Bee was indeed suspended for. And Seth Dillon said, we're told our account will be restored in 12 hours, but that countdown won't begin until we delete the tweet. And they never did. And I 100% respect that. You know, the, and, and Peterson lost his Twitter privileges for much of the same thing as Babylon B, stating that actor Elliot Page, who was actor Ellen Page only a few short years ago, also shared the same trainer as Kanye West, interestingly. Uh, he wrote that, remember when pride was a sin and that she had her body parts removed by a criminal physician, essentially saying, you know, hey, um, you know, there is one group of people, well, two really, that you cannot criticize uh even if it is valid. Um, now, there is a lot of hate mixed in there, which is why it seems like, you know, maybe they're overly sensitive, but <clears throat> there is some pushback here. And when asked directly about Alex, bring back Alex, no. Now, you see, like, there's, uh, I even voted on this and I said no, because, like, I think he should bring him back, but not right now. He has to, first of all, he's got to deal with losing 5,000 employees, 6,000 employees. He can't just do everything all at once. Second of all, Alex is a very unique case where reinstating him will cost Elon millions of dollars in advertising. Like, it just will. Um, and I think that he will do it, just so I'm very clear. I think he will, and I think he should but he has to probably develop some sort of like special pro policy for Alex's tweets um, where like he can promise advertisers that they would never show next to his tweets and all this kind of stuff. Like, could we get more transparency as to why do we believe in lifetime bans again? Um, here, I'm guessing a lot of cash about the door if AJ is brought back. I get the business decision. People should be brought back on a level playing field. Um, I agree. This is my position. I think he should bring him back, but I, I think he should just, you know, maybe wait a little bit till things stabilize. I am concerned with the, you know, language. And again, this is one thing I tried to tell people who are like free speech, you know, like Elon is not, he's not like everyone's friend. He's still running a business. You see shoe on head saying, what is a negative tweet? Elon then says, note, this applies to just the individual tweet, not the account. So they're essentially saying bad tweets are de-boosted, but not accounts. Um, okay, well, again, a lot of conservatives, Lauren Chen asks, who decides what is a hate tweet? What Tim Young, what decides what is a negative or hate tweet? Lives at TikTok, what decides what a hate, hate tweet is? These are fair questions to ask, but again, it's been two weeks. Uh, I would suspect that we will see more people be unbanned and he'll probably do it in batches where we have a handful of right-wing people, handful, handful of left-wing people, bring them back at the same time. I think you could very easily make the case for bringing back Trump because, I mean, he's literally running for president. Um, I think Alex would be very risky. Uh, I think he should do it on principle. But I understand if he wants to wait a little bit. I mean, he's got to stabilize here. So people that want everything right away, I think just have to be a little patient. And, you know, if he does eventually go back on the permanent ban thing and never reinstates Alex, well, then 
we'll have a video dedicated to criticizing that. And next up today, Guy explains Elon Musk's Twitter plans perfectly. More firings coming. The news has come fast and furious. I have some non-Elon news that I'll probably get, it'll probably get pushed to Saturday and I'll probably have a full docket of videos on Saturday because what else do I have to do? It's snowing outside again. Uh, but this story, you know, as several reporters continue to cover the minute by minute goings ons at Twitter, they all seem to have zero understanding of what actual corporate culture is. And I found a, a Twitter thread that I wanted to give, you know, credit to the person who wrote it, Oliver Campbell, but also I think it, it expertly explains exactly what Elon Musk is doing right now. He knew what he was doing with the layoffs. He knew what he was doing when he cut the 3000 uh, remote workers and he's still not done cutting staff. They're wording it like, oh my God, Elon's running around with his hair on fire and it's been, you know, meanwhile, Elon's memeing on Twitter. Okay, it, it, it doesn't exactly line up. So you see this Zoe Schiffer who, you know, is is doing must have a really good source inside of Twitter because they're kind of reporting minute by minute. Um, but you know they talked they had this thread earlier about how how Elon called all developers in, asked for some code examples, um, even telling people to fly in to San Francisco um, to meet with him because he'll be there with midnight uh, by midnight. I'm sorry until midnight, which I thought was a little like. <laughs> You're demanding people get on a flight Thanksgiving Day weekend uh, to to fly with Twitter on to Twitter on no notice. I mean, I'm all for roasting, uh, you know, woke lazy people, but I mean, like that's a little, that's a that's a, a strong ask. But uh, there's so much more going on here behind the scenes that I wanted to actually explain it or you know add context to. So Oliver B. Campbell on Twitter put together this thread. Um, and I think that it, it expertly explains what happened. And they're, they've also blocked me. So I still give credit. I don't know why I'm blocked by them. I've never heard of them before, but yeah. He writes, all right, I'm going to explain what Elon Musk is likely doing over there at Twitter. This is not a discussion on whether it is right or wrong, just what's happening. Elon is engaging in something called wailing and culling. First is the wailing. It's a common refrain that you've probably heard at some point or another. 10% of people do 90% of the work. Well, it's usually 80, 80, 20 is more common, but yeah. Um, that's what a tight two week deadline for Twitter blue was for. He was perfectly aware that it was unrealistic and unrealistic time frame. It was a test. By pushing such an extremely tight deadline, Elon got to see who is actually doing the work and who is resting on their laurels. Furthermore, it proved who could actually perform under extreme pressure. You know the whole get this done or you're fired level of pressure. Hence, Elon looking for the whales at the company, the heavy hitting actually producing and hard and hard people who have been there for a while. When the whales don't have to carry the dead weight, they perform like the equivalent of 10 people. 100% correct. I talk about this. I use this term force multiplier all the time. If you've ever managed teams or if you've even been on teams of people, you know what it's like when Jim or Jane are not pulling their weight. Everybody knows it, right? And everybody talks about it, right? And everybody gets toxic about it, right? So what they, he's doing is he's getting rid of them. This on top of the people that self-select, of course. Second is, quote, the culling. When you've got the 90% of people I'm um, sorry, when you've got 90% of the people not performing, 
they're actually negatively impacting the 10% who are who are performing above and beyond. And that's why the layoffs happen. Paraphrase, stuff's going to change around here. Get on board or get out. So by culling unproductive staff, he actually untied the hands of productive staff. Fewer obstacles to get in the way of things they're done, of, of getting things done. It also revealed uh, to him that there were uh, there to make Twitter, I'm sorry, it also revealed to him who was there to make Twitter a better product versus who was there to be an activist. So now you've chopped down your workforce down to people who actually perform, but that's not enough uh, to run everything. This is why after all those people are let go, there's going to be a surprise hiring of a bunch of new people. Why? Because the productive people actually know what they need to get done. Don't be surprised if the people that are left get to be a part of the interviewing process for the new people. They'll be looking for efficiency and people who don't make their jobs more difficult. It goes on. So when you continually slice away the bad portions of something, all that you're left with is one or two potential outcomes. One, nothing is usable. It was rotten to the core. Or two, something substantially, some substantially good bits you can salvage and build on. Elon is gambling that it's number two. This is what he was talking about with Twitter 2.0. It's likely not a new Twitter, not for us. It's a new Twitter internally, how to get things done, how to get things rolled out, rebuilding the company with productive and more efficient people. What I'm saying is take a look at the reactions. The people that are staying at Twitter are hunkering down and working. The people he let go are the ones calling doom and gloom. They're not wrong. The way things were done is over at Twitter. And that's exactly correct. Like this is an excellent take because the people that are running around with, you know, saying that Twitter is going to fail any minute and that, you know, oh, there's only, there's like hardly anybody left on the team. And, and this is, you know, and this is, um, it, it couldn't possibly survive without me. I mean, everybody's seen that person quit where they're like, good luck, good luck doing this X thing without me. And then somehow the company maintains. If you were on Twitter last night at all, and you and you saw like three of the top five trending topics were about Twitter down, rip Twitter, blah blah blah. And then Elon, you know, said Twitter usage, you know, tweeted out that Twitter usage is at an all time high. So like he is a hundred percent. I believe that Twitter culture was rotten to the core. But you've got to think when you've got 7,500 employees, it almost, you almost certainly have some good eggs in there. And so if he gets down to the 1,000 good eggs, right, to keep things running and keep the lights on, then he can add to the teams that he needs. Um, from the outside, this looks like a giant cluster, but it's what's going to surprise you. But it's what's going to surprise you is the great number of businesses run exactly like this. There's a reason layoffs happen every single year across the world, wailing and culling. Elon is just being very vocal. And like I said at the start of this post, I didn't say this is right or wrong, just what is happening. Um, and you see a lot of people in here like saying, this is a great breakdown and certainly the feel that I get going on. He said he wanted to act 75% and he's getting what he wanted. If you go by the tech startups when they were bought out, it was a nearly 1 million user per staff member. According to this level, he could cut 90% of the staff. Yup, the most shocking part is, mo is mostly just how much dead weight there seems to be at Twitter HQ. 
Um, you see, Evan saying this makes a lot of sense. I'm really interested to see where this all goes. The company I work for does the yearly review of all FTE. Everyone gets a score one to four. Four is great, but few reach it. Three is okay, and most employees attain that. Two and one are bad. In February, most of the twos are laid off. I call it the annual culling of the twos, and it's a bit of a of gallows humor. Like, it's ex it's exactly correct. And people just want to hate Elon, so they think it's any different. But it's like, I seen this happening, and I was like, you hear Tom Buckley, my work at tech companies mirrored this, happened nearly every single year, and most of the dead weight was removed. Like, there's no, and uh, you know, he, he seems right, Elon tweeted uh, to Dave Portnoy, the best people are saying, so I'm not worried. This is exactly what Elon wanted, and this is exactly the uh just the start i'm telling you the fact that he told all those developers to show up at twitter hq today doesn't mean he's begging i don't think that that necessarily means he's begging them to stay i think it means that he wants to see who really really wants the job and next up today alex jones defends elon musk refusing to unban him expertly lots to talk about today i'm gonna try to just mix it up only uh one video on elon i've got a Pretty funny video about uh, Thor and then uh, some other stuff going on. But uh, I hope you're hang out and enjoy the ride. And if you haven't yet, I hope that today will be the day. Earn your subscription. There's a button down below. It helps making find makes finding my videos much easier, and it helps the channel. Elon Musk reinstated some banned Twitter accounts, but he drew the line at now extremists. Like Alex Jones. Now, I've noticed that this headline, this label has been used several times on Alex Jones. It's meant to, you know, discredit him and, and things of that nature. There is a there's definitely a divide even with people that I would consider uh ideologically aligned with right now. A lot of people say, Oh my god, you said you were for free speech and then you're not ba banning Alex. You're not unbanning Alex. This is BS, you lied, blah, 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 blah which I think is a huge overreaction. But also, I think Elon did not handle it well. Um, he could have just not commented on it, quite frankly. Um, he almost seemed to like gleefully uh, say no and then like repeat his answer. Um, I think if he had said nothing, that would have been much better. Uh, he knows anybody who takes like 30 seconds and understands like what's going on here, he's got a lot of controversial people to unban. I mean, he's running a um, a poll right now about Donald Trump, which is, I think, a honeypot uh, to find out all the bots. Um, but he also, uh, you know, he just unbanned Andrew Tate, which is obviously he was, you know, canceled worldwide. He can only unban so many people at once before, you know, advertisers get bullied out of spending money on his platform. Uh, but the articles read, you know, Elon Musk once described himself as a free speech absolutist. However, he has since, since he officially became Twitter's new owner and was confronted with the reality of the advertising market, he has shifted that stance. I think that, that that's fair, but also like, you know, time. He said he didn't believe in permanent bans. He did not say that he would unban everybody two weeks after taking over the platform. I think that he has to develop a process to like uh justify unbanning uh to calm advertisers down things of that nature and even alex jones 
understands that. And we're going to get to that in a second. So on Friday, he announced that he previously, he would bring back Kathy Griffin, the Babylon B and, uh, Jordan B Peterson as well. But Musk has indicated actually also Andrew Tate, which is closing in on a million followers since his return. I don't know what he had before that. But Musk has indicated that he does plan to put parameters on the speech on Twitter. For example, one Twitter user asked Musk to bring back Alex Jones, to which Musk replied with a firm no. Now, I don't think he should have replied at all. Jones is a right-wing uh, commentator, and obviously we know everything about him. We know that he got you know sued for a zillion dollars uh, for some reason. I, I don't know why they even pick numbers like this, because it's not like he's ever going to be able to pay that much money. So I, I don't know. Um, Musk's initial vision of an entirely free speech platform has come up against the realities of running Twitter as a profitable business. I don't believe that that's true. I think that this is the left coping. Uh, this is Business Insider. It's a garbage outlet. Um, because what he has to do is he can't just do it overnight, right? He has to trim all the fat, which is going to take months. Then he has to add some value so that he can push people into his charging for Twitter Blue. Once he has enough value for Twitter Blue, he doesn't have to worry as much about advertisers. So I don't necessarily think even for a second that this means he's never going to unban Alex or that he's never going to unban. I think he's going to unban Trump this weekend. I have a sneaking suspicion that he will. Um, and he's got like every reason to now because he's announced his presidential election. So at least he could say like, well, look, we can't keep you know, politicians banned. Um, and, and he's currently winning the poll for reinstatement. Uh, many advertisers prefer not to show ad next to content that they deem unsafe. And some major companies, including Chipotle and General Motors, have already suspended campaigns on Twitter. Losing ad dollars could sacrifice Twitter's entire business. Advertising makes up 89% of the company's revenue. So he can trim the fat. He can handle some loss. Absolutely. Um, but he needs to build up his Twitter blue program so that that percentage is more like, you know, 60, 40 Twitter blue. I think there'd be a day where Elon certainly would hope that he didn't rely at all on advertising income and that the business could run on Twitter blue subscriptions, which I think is his plan, whether it's allowing for full free form video, maybe it's having original content on the platform that you could pay for. I don't know exactly where he's going to go, but I think that monetizing video is his next big play because you immediately become a competitor to YouTube. You immediately get literally trillions of impressions that you can sell ads on. Um, and people are posting videos for free on, on Twitter the way it is. So um, even if you're making only a few cents, most content creators would be really happy with that. Um, well, you know what I mean? making very little. It doesn't even have to compete with YouTube, even though he said he will. Now, Musk, you know, Musk tweeted the, the blueprint on Friday, but then, so a lot of people are pissed about uh, Alex, which I understand, but Alex actually came to his defense and has a, I think, a really balanced take. You see a lot of people, this is a thoughtful response from Alex. I need to think we need more of this, Alex. Alex knows choosing your battles is important in any war. You know, I, I think... Um, I think there are a lot of people that are big fans of Alex and, you know, I've got a lot, a lot of, uh, he's entertained me over the years in a lot of ways. Uh, he's made his mistakes and he's literally paid for them. Uh, but he had this response. 
Even Senator Josh Hawley yesterday brought this up to the head of DHS, Morcus, and said, you're helping run the censorship and you're surveilling the American people and telling big tech who to censor. We know this from the DHS leaks, which came and went like uh, a handful of YouTubers covered it and it went away. So Elon Musk has the EU threatening him not to bring back Alex Jones and Donald Trump. He has DHS behind the scenes with a bunch of moles inside his organization. That's another thing. So what he's trying to do is suss out all the moles. There's a reason that there's like several Twitter journalists who seem to have every email that, e that Elon sends within seconds of him sending it. He's got to tighten all that up. He's got to be able to keep a team that's going to keep their mouth shut and work. Um, and I think he started that on Friday. I mean, 1,200 people chose to get fired rather than work hard. Uh, I think that was pretty telling. Um, and I think he wants to make that team even smaller. He wants to make it, I think, in the hundreds, not in the many thousands. There's a question right now on whether Twitter will even be able to continue on to the future because all of the sabotage. So as I said in the last month with this buildup, I want to see Twitter freed overall first and to see if Musk can even get control of it before we talk about Donald Trump or Alex Jones being brought back. I 100% agree with them. I mean, I don't, you know, I think that <clears throat> Twitter, I think that Elon's vision of Twitter uh, is still exists. It's just that pe people wanted it on day one. I understand that. Um, but I also understand the business side of things. And until he can develop a product that is less reliant on this stuff, I mean, even if you look at Twitter Blue, what's going to be going through Twitter Blue? How do they process those payments? Well, MasterCard and Visa uh, and PayPal, which we've seen say, oh, well, we don't like that you allow this or that, so we're going to suspend your service. There are all sorts of things that Elon has to think about and uh, kind of plan around before he can um, before he can actually bring back some of the most divisive people. And I also think that this response from Alex is genius because the next part he, he uh, goes in, and so this video has 730,000 views already. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. I've built InfoWars.com. I've built our syndicated radio show and TV show that reaches tens of millions a day. You've built it with your word of mouth. And we're not going to sit there and hope that Elon Musk can free Twitter. We've got Rumble. We've got Gab. We've got Getter. We've got Telegram. We've got so many other great platforms, and we're going to continue to energize those and promote those and get those out of the world. Just because there's tyranny at Twitter and tyranny at Facebook and tyranny at Google and tyranny at Apple doesn't mean we can't build our own system. Genius. I mean, a million people just heard where to follow him. You know, very smart. That's the reason Joe Rogan went to Spotify when YouTube, owned by Google, was trying to censor him a few years ago. It's not that Spotify's perfect, but they told Joe, we won't censor you. And now even though they did. Now they're number one in podcasting, showing that free speech is what people want and that's what is innovating and that's what is successful. So at the end of the day, I'm betting on humanity. I'm betting on free speech. I'm betting on the Renaissance. I'm betting on you and America being the leaders again of free speech worldwide. I understand why Musk did this. He's got the ADL and the Democratic Party on him. He's got the EU on him trying to shut him down right now. So don't put all your eggs in Elon Musk's basket, but support him trying to free up Twitter and don't blame Musk at the end of the day because he didn't bring me back. I'm the most controversial figure in the world because I'm the most threatening to the new world order. So don't expect him to bring me back day one when he has to first get control of the platform before he can even think about that. 100% agree. 100% agree.
he he's still got all sorts of people that still right now that work for him that are leaking things to the press and are you know probably happy to subvert him he's got to get in there and you see some of these pictures right like uh you look at this picture here like <laughs> looks like uh, only a certain group of people decided they wanted to work hard but um you know he's sitting down with people who code and understanding the app and and planning and talking um this is how you this is how you tighten things up he has to do that it doesn't happen overnight unless he unless you like already have a team if he had like already had an entire team and brought it in okay that's one thing to do but again Elon Musk Twitter teeters on the edge after another 1200 leave uh nah it seems fine right it seems absolutely fine. Everyone says it's curious. Which your Twitter will not collapse imminently. Probably. It's now holds Mars blog says it's more safe now under competent management than it has been in a long time. People are acting like Twitter wasn't losing four million dollars a day before. I mean, it's insane. They just had to take money from investors uh, from the stock market to keep the company running. It's it's ridiculous. Musk is probably going to have this thing profitable. I would not be shocked if he did it by the end of the year, or certainly after simply just a quarter or two. This company will be making money uh and then that's when the real fun begins and next up thor star refuses to work with woke director taika waititi anymore chris hemsworth speaks out interesting little tidbit if you're a fan of the thor franchise which i am you could probably agree that there's been diminishing returns on the thor films in fact if you really think about it most of them aren't very good but I do like Chris Hemsworth as Thor, and I like him uh, in, in, in the Avengers ensemble. I do feel like the modern Thor has become uh, emasculated. Um, they, used, they decided to use him as kind of the butt of the joke all the time. And I think it's pretty obvious why, but um, some people still deny that. But, uh, you know, my opinion, uh, you know, <laughs> that was to stick it to the, the evil cis straight white man. Um, you know, they made him overweight in the last movie, made him the butt of those jokes. And then he made him like emasculated him in the last movie, which also wasn't very good. And the box office for Thor Love and Thunder was not up to snuff in terms of what Disney wanted. And now it seems like the star of the film, Chris Hemsworth, has a little something to say about you, you know, you mastermind director. Now, in this new article from Bounding into Comics by uh, Sp Spencer Basuli. Uh, right in seeming dig at Taika Waititi, Thor star Chris Hemsworth says he refuses to work with any more quote mad genius directors. Well, I think if you look at Thor: Love and Thunder objectively, you would agree that the movie was not good. Um, that also Natalie Portman's performance was maybe one of the worst performances she's ever put on in her life. Uh, she couldn't have cared less about the role. It was very obvious on the scene. The writing was cringe. Um, you know, everything about it was, you know, suddenly she just knew how to fight like an expert just because she had Thor's powers. There, there's no like training montage. It was just really lazy. Um, and you know, while Taika was really excited about having, um, you know, uh, three ways with, uh, the female stars of the film or whatever, um, he forgot to write a good movie, uh, an apparent, but plausibly deniable dig at Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder director Taika Waititi, franchise star Chris Hemsworth, has said that not only will he no longer work with any, quote, mad genius directors, but he's also only interested in returning 
as the God of Thunder if there's something unique and fresh and unexpected to do with the character in the world. If there's anyone who has been privy to the Marvel Cinematic Universe's tendency to ruin its characters in service for cheap laughs, it's Thor Quadrology star Chris Hemsworth. From retreading the exact same I Must Find Myself plotline across nearly every one of his appearances to being demoted from the royal prince of the powerful kingdom to a walking, occasional hammer-swinging laughingstock, Hemsworth's Thor truly embodied the studio's post-Infinity War and inability to treat their characters with any semblance of respect or care. 100%, 100% agree. Given the ruination of what was once presented as MCU's most dedicated heroes, it comes as no surprise that the actress recently found himself becoming more discerning with the selection of roles. Speaking with Vanity Fair in the wake of his discovery that as revealed in the fifth episode of his Disney Plus series, Limitless, he is genetically predisposed to Alzheimer's, Hemsworth was asked by outlet writer Anthony Brezikin if, quote, these experiences focus on longevity, change the way you plan your own future, to which the actor confirmed 100%. I'm at the point in my life where I'm meeting with different directors and people say, oh yeah, look, he's a mad genius, says Hemsworth. He's mad, but he's a genius and he'll make great films. I'm like, is that who I want to spend my days with? Four months, five months of filming, and then you've got press and possible refilmings and so on. Though Hemsworth did not name any names, given the director's reputation for caring more about subverting expectations than delivering a coherent story, his active disregard for quality control in his own films it's presumed that the actor's new project vetting process was born from experiences working with the aforementioned Taika Waititi. Now, I do think he is talented, but he's kind of a one-trick pony. Um, and I thought his work on What We Do in the Shadows was pretty good. Um, his movie Jojo Rabbit was very good. I thought it's not like the guy's just horrible at his job, but I do think he's more interested in you know virtue signaling and doing things that are wacky. I mean, like... The goats thing in Th Love and Thunder, it was like he finds a joke and then he doesn't know how to let it go. Like it was funny once, but I did not like this. The stupid goats kept coming over and over and over and over and over and over and over on the screen. And it was like, okay, we get it. Ha ha, funny goats. Like that's Taika Watiti. It's the same joke beaten to death. Um, and same, you know, oh, Thor is finding himself again. Oh, what's new in this movie? Thor is finding himself. Oh, what's new in this movie? Oh, Thor's. You know, Thor's finding himself again, only this time uh, they make fun of him again as a man. Oh, Thor's fat and he's finding himself. Like, that's, I've got to find my own way. Like, how many times has he said that? Now, the theory is further supported by the fact that one of the directors most recently to work with Hemsworth Watiti is by far and wide the most eccentric of the group. One would be hard-pressed to find anyone who would earnestly describe well-regarded creatives like Drew Goddard from Cabin in the Woods and Bad Times at, at the El Royale, to F. Gary Gray from The Italian Job, Men in Black International, that movie was stunk too. Jo Joseph Kaczynski, sorry, he's Top Gun Maverick and Spiderhead, as, quote, mad. To this end, Hemsworth told the reporter, now, if something is going to pull me away from my family and kids, it's got to be positive, constructive, and a collaborative experience. I filmed with George Miller on the new prequel to Fury Road, Furiosa, part of the Mad Max saga, he recalled, and I said to my agent that that's where I want to spend my work hours with somebody who is kind of collaborative and interesting. Off to, on the topic Miller specifically, of Miller specifically, Hemsworth asserted 
that while he was certainly a genius, he was not a mad type. Miller was very aware of how his energy affects others and how he has the power to make your day fantastic or terrible and chooses it for, for it to be a positive experience, explained the actor. The whole crew, everyone is in a better mood. It baffles me that some people in that position don't understand that. It's pretty clear he's talking about Taika Watiti. I mean, I, I don't really know any other way to chop that up. Um, you know, and he also talks about Thor, you know, returning whether or not he wants to return to Thor. Speculator, speculating on the future of outing could hold for Odinson. Hemsworth opined, I feel like we'd probably have to close the book if I ever did it again. You know what I mean? I feel like it probably warrants that, he continued. I feel like it'd probably be the finale, but that's not based on anything anyone's told me or any sort of plan. So he's done. He would cash one more check as Thor, um, but he wants to close the book. You have, you have this birth of a hero, a journey of a hero, and then the death of a hero. And I don't know. Am I at that stage? Hemsworth concluded, who knows? I mean, you know, I like Chris Hemsworth, but he has, has been in a bad, a lot of bad movies. I actually like Spiderhead. Did you see that? I mean, I'm not saying it was like amazing, but I was like, oh, it's different. And I thought Hemsworth was okay in it. Maybe people disagree with that. I don't think it was like critically acclaimed or maybe even real like, well, like, but I liked it. Um, you know, and people are saying, I guess he eventually got around to watching Thor Love and Thunder. He doesn't have much of a career left. Um, I don't think unless he really learns how to act or he ages into, you know, a different kind of character, but he's probably tired of being the pretty boy. He's probably tired of, uh, seeing a character that he probably loved, uh, get turned into the butt of the joke all the time and get turned into, you know, a laughing stock at the expense of, you know, the message. So I understand. And I think he was pretty respectful and tactful in his decision here and in the way he worded it. So what do you think? Do you think he's uh, tired of Taika Waititi's woke trash? Or do you think maybe he's talking about some other obscure director no one else seems to know of? And last up today, Andrew Tate unbanned by Elon Musk and gains 1 million followers in one day. Ethan Klein still banned. In the interesting case of Andrew Tate, he's somewhat of a phenomenon that is really new to me. I didn't really know the guy ever existed. I didn't know he was a fighter. I didn't know about his whatever support group or whatever it is, his group of entrepreneurs that paid for his online university. I didn't know about any of this stuff until like seemingly completely out of nowhere. He was getting like zillions of views on TikTok for doling out some extraordinarily spicy takes. Some of them pretty based. Some of them, eh, I don't know about, um, you know, he's, he, 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 he speaks in proclamations. And so it's very quotable. Um, but, you know, he's just a dude given his his opinion. A lot of people don't like his opinion uh, about women, for example, or things of that nature. But, you know, you could just not listen to the guy. And it wasn't that long ago that the entirety of social media went to ban him for effectively no violations. Uh, he was banned, I guess, five years ago on Twitter. I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe there was an actual violation there. But when he was removed from uh, YouTube... It seemed more like a response to they just didn't like that he was getting too popular um, and Instagram and these other areas. They just didn't like that he was gaining traction, TikTok, things of that nature. Um, there were articles written that were so ridiculously over the top about how he was like the worst thing on the planet uh, that it, it was almost 
the uh, opposite effect. You know, you had inside the terrible misogynistic world of TikTok's new star, Andrew Tate. Um, again, this goes back to August when the media, you know, worked together to get the guy canceled. Well, it's been an interesting 24 hours since he's been unbanned, and it would appear that he's getting the last laugh. It would appear that the overall interest in what the man has to say is a uh, at a massive, massive level. Uh, so it started with this TikTok, um, it's how TikTok bombards young men with misogynistic videos. I don't know about you, but yeah, I don't really spend any time on TikTok, uh, but I see the product, you know, reshared to like Facebook and um, Twitter and things of that nature. Most of the videos I see on TikTok are in fact um, anti-male um, and just also promoting uh, young women do terrible things or promoting, uh, you know, degeneracy and pr promoting, um, you know, all sorts of bad behavior. Andrew Tate was really no different than what's all over social media. It was just that maybe he was doing a little bit too good of a job uh, exposing some hypocrisy. He was wild. Um, he was, um, is, uh, you know, again, some of his, his hot takes hit and hit hard. People don't like that. But some of his hot takes are also a little too spicy. Uh, you know, you see, obviously, he has his history where he's, you know, he's alleged to have put his hands on people against their will and blah, blah, blah. He says it's all consensual. I don't really care about any of that stuff if, you know, that's for the PD to decide. And it seems like they haven't charged him with anything. Um, but again, I don't really care. You can just not listen to the guy. You look at UK Google search interest in Andrew Tate has exceeded that of Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump. Ooh, not Kim Kardashian. Not not the woman who taught a generation of young women that if you just bang a famous dude, you can become a billionaire. So Andrew Tate back on Twitter after Elon Musk's five-year ban. But what I think is interesting is just how massive his growth has been. In 24 hours, he's going to gain a million followers. A million. Yesterday, when the news broke, he gained 189,000. And right now, when as of time of filming, which is like just after lunchtime on Saturday, he's already gained nearly 600,000 more followers in a single day. Right now, he's at 787,000. He's likely to break a million followers in a single day. Uh, this is what gets engagement. If you think about this, how many people, how many people follow Tate and left when he was banned from Twitter? I don't know. I would suspect it's weird that it goes up and down so wildly, but it seems to continue to go up, but he, he, <clears throat> he was banned. So he's bringing all those people back to Twitter and he's bringing back all the engagement too. He posted this yesterday. Mastery is a funny thing. It's almost as if on a long enough time scale, losing simply isn't an option. Such is the way of Wudan. I don't really know. It's some sort of quote. But 115,000 comments, or 115,000 likes. That's 115,000 new Twitter interactions that didn't exist 24 hours before. That's the big picture. Bringing back Jordan B. Peterson, bringing back Babylon B. Those are people with massive followings. 
that get people to pick up the app more often. Now, I don't know if Twitter just recently up, updated their Android app, but I'm getting a lot, of, a lot more weird notifications on my phone. I find myself picking up Twitter more often. I'm sure that's all by design. But what, what this guy does is, whether or not you like him, uh, he's bringing back interactions. 114,000 likes on that one. Here's a video with 40,000 likes, 30,000 likes. You know, I mean, here's 7,000 from a few hours ago. He's, he's just, he's going to be able to capitalize on all of this. And th this is a guy that, again, I'm not defending his character because I don't know him that intimately. Well, I don't know. I don't, I'm not in depth. Intimate is not the best word for it, but, uh, he was a guy that just got canceled for having the wrong opinions, as far as I knew. Like, he didn't have any terms of service violations. It was just he got too popular too fast, and platforms were like, oh, we're just going to ban him. Like, even this video that I upload on YouTube would almost, will almost certainly be suppressed because his name's in the title. And conveniently, by the way, the very next day, the Times writes, video site Rumble recommends videos that promote conspiracy theories. The platform that hosts Andrew Tate and Russell Brand recommends content drawing on anti-Semitic tropes. Here we go. So they'll find like one stupid video. Look, when you have free speech, sometimes you have speech that isn't exactly correct or it isn't good or fair or right, but it exists. And so now that Rumble is starting to build up some steam, for example, it's not uncommon when I stream there to get a couple thousand viewers on top of the couple thousand viewers I have on, on YouTube. Their live Rumble as a live streaming platform, is be it's becoming more popular as a live streaming platform because of a lot of the de-platform people. You know, Andrew Tate has had some massive live streams there too. You see a video sharing platform championed by Andrew Tate and Russell Brandt. That's not true. Uh, Russell, went, or Russell went there. I think, I assume he got a bag to go there, to be honest with you. Um, and then Andrew Tate was only there because he got banned of everything else. So, I, you know, I'm not really sure about that. Um, you know, some believe are deep in the, the, the video promotes videos that are, some believe are deeply rooted in, uh, anti-Semitic tropes to its teenage users. Oh, wouldn't somebody think of the kids? I mean, like it, it's absolutely ridiculous that, and, and ultra predictable that you have these hit pieces exactly come out and you see the federalist wrote this article uh just three days ago big tech is furious that andrew tate is exposing things like the great reset um you see cairo dang youtube deleted our tate episode right before we were about to drop part two it's like they knew now we have a strike and can't upload so like it, i don't know if there was something again in particular that was said in this interview or if youtube is like nope can't have him can't have him on our platform because he's banned. Sometimes YouTube is weird about enforcing, like when you have, they have a platform ban, whether or not you can have them on your channel. For example, like Alex Jones still appears on other people's channels and YouTube seems to be okay with it. Um, I don't know if this exact thing was an issue, but like, I, I'm not exactly who, sh who this is, uh, but they're obviously very popular. So zapped pro podcast. So, I mean, you have, you know, Again, it remains unclear exactly how Tate was glorifying or uh, uh, you know, inciting anything. Google did not respond. What we do know is that Tate wields an incredible sway with young people. It's, if you don't know who Andrew Tate is, your kids and grandkids likely do. And before YouTube deleted the podcast, 
Tate's two-hour-long discussion was viewed by millions of Tate's predominantly Gen Z fans. So who is Andrew Tate? Well, I'm not here to really go into too much of that. Um, what I think is interesting is by Elon bringing some of these people back onto the platform, it's, it's going to more than easily offset any kind of daily active users. He looks at daily active users. That's what gets monetized. And when you bring back a dude that, look, at he's at 790,000 already. Uh, when you bring back a dude that's going to be tweeting to a, you know, a million, two million, three million people um, every single day, that's many millions of daily active users because of this. That's part of the plan. So it'll be interesting to watch, see how long he lasts, see if he stays in the rules, see what kind of additional hit pieces will be out by Monday. But it's going to be something to watch. Hope you enjoyed this video. We'll talk to you again real soon.